This is The After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Kim's can't stop, won't stop, get it, get it. <laughs> One can't stop, won't stop, look at you. You got a little, you look very handsome with the scruff, I'll say. Thank you. I get a lot of compliments on it. I, did I tell you about the, I don't know if I mentioned on the show, the, I get comments from people on the street and get kind of weird. There are like beard people. Yeah. Like beard aficionados and beard. And it's like, I can take a compliment, but I don't know. Sometimes the energy is a little creepy. Oh. Hmm. I really like your beard. <laughs> I wish I could cut it off your face and put it on mine. Sorry, I didn't mean to give you the creeps. I just, you no, know. No, no, you just, I always go to the dark place. And, well, and uh, it's, what, it's like weird because one day you're, you have nothing. And then the next day, wham, no, it's just, it's it not as noticeable because uh, I haven't shaved since Saturday. Okay. But it, it starts out as just like stubble and scruff and whatnot. Does it but help? It still is you... technically, this is not a beard. This is like scruff. Does it keep you warmer? No. No. I don't have that, <laughs> I don't have that issue. I, I run warm. My hair keeps me warmer. It's like a jacket. No, and then if yeah. I have coffee, then I just become warmer and warmer and warmer. That's why I can't yeah. wear long sleeve shirts. Like um, back when I pretended to be pro professional and wear like long sleeve shirts at work, just <laughs> running, you know, the natural running to the studio, mm -hmm. running back and forth and then having coffee, I would just start sweating. That can oh, only no. wear cotton mm. and it has to be like short sleeve shirts. Yeah. I don't like feeling gross and I don't like, I don't want to run the risk of being, you know. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Uh, word gross <laughs> huge no we're not talking about gill gross huge thank no. you ten dollar super thanks from jared elwell we appreciate yeah, you jared, jared elwell you. if you're listening thank you for that we saw it, yeah, and you, we um, it. yeah that's like if you yeah. drop a contribution um on youtube during the replay it shows yeah. up and it tells us um john i mean grizzly adams <laughs> yeah thank you oh uh-oh uh-oh i just got a text from julia She's asking if she can stay after school for a to watch a sports game. I think that's acceptable. What do you think? An after party of her own. An after party of her own. Doesn't I think that, that give we'll, you a vacation. We'll allow it. Um, yeah, I guess a little bit it does. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead and stay over there. That sounds good. Uh, do you drink a lot of iced drinks, John Daly? Uh, cold liquids. Yeah, actually, most of what I purchase at Pete's Coffee would be iced uh, iced americano or. Um, espresso on ice it mm -hmm. you know once i heard a doctor mention the fact that it doesn't stain your teeth as quickly oh you know, really if you think about it like hot kind of like when you're talking about uh, a plastic with belinda right you know if, you, if it's hot right the chemical reaction yeah. the, the staining is going to be more intense so uh and i just like iced coffee i know a lot of people are anti-iced coffee but i like, I like iced tea too yeah yeah and if you ask for um if you ask for espresso on ice in europe in most countries they'll just kind of give you a blank blank stare they look at you like what? Like why? Why would you do that? You're weirdo. <laughs> Another American, huh? Yeah, right on. Another American. American, we love Deborah. Oh, Deborah. Ten dollars super, super sticker. Thanks for being part of the after party as well. Yeah, appreciate um, it. He has a good point. Are you sure it's a sports game? Oh, yeah. what What's kind his of name? sports? Let's ask Ryan. Her. What kind of sports game? Kyle. <laughs> Craig. What's his name? Uh, you're getting to that course. you're getting to that age right i know she hasn't had a boyfriend yet but her friends do uh she's oh. telling me she's just not ready for that kind of attention and that kind of stuff yet so we'll see i don't know mm -hmm. um but let's talk about animals as i wait for her response other animals <laughs> other animals less, less wild and yeah, less feral animals, animals. yeah 
Uh, the world's oldest dog. I know you mentioned this on um, Mark's show yesterday, yeah. um, but we had reported on it originally, so I kind of wanted to do the follow-up. You remember oh, this world's oh, oldest dog? Yeah. And they were calling him Bubby. Bubby. I, I, I watched the video to see, is it Bobby or Bobby? It's like a Bubby. Bubby. Bobby. Bubby is under investigation by Guinness World Records. Uh-oh. Whoop, whoop. Rear, rear. <laughs> Claims uh, rock Guinness World Records as the world's oldest dog, Bobby. Is under investigation over his real age. Scandal that's taken over the world of record-breaking dogs has led Guinness World Records temporarily pausing. Get it with the W? Yeah. Pausing applications for both the oh. oldest lit, the oldest dog living and the oldest dog ever. Uh, the po the New York Post can confirm. It's very serious. Bubby was said to be at least thirty years old uh, in two hundred sixty-six days, almost thirty-one, as of uh, uh, February first. February. Uh, last year, and when Guinness World uh, Records certified him as the new record holder as both oldest living dog and oldest dog ever, uh, oh. Bobby passed away in October, just a few months ago, after his 31st birthday, and his death was confirmed on Facebook. That's usually where you find out that people have passed, right? Uh, by Dr. Karen Becker, a veterinarian who met the canine on several occasions. Last night, the sweet boy earned his wings despite outliving every dog in history. His 11,478 days on Earth would never be enough for those who loved him. Godspeed, Bubby. You taught Aww. you taught the world all you were meant to teach. Um, the pooch was a purebred Raffiero Raffiero do Alentejo, mm -hmm. which is a breed of livestock do, uh, watchdog with an average life expectancy of twelve to fourteen years. And he what lived for lived thirty one? Well, that's what they're saying. But however, yeah. doubts have recently been raised over whether the dog from Portugal really was the oldest dog ever, even though his birth date had previously been confirmed by uh, this uh, very hard to pronounce uh, medical service in uh, in Liera, uh, Portugal, as well, as well as the SIAC, a pet database authorized by the Portuguese government. People are now questioning why photos of Bobby as a young pup show him with white paws, while photos of him in his older age show him with brown Oh, paws. the plot uh, thickens. Uh, uh. <clears throat> Due to the skepticism, as well as an investigation from Wired, uh, GWR is conducting, that's Guinness World Records, uh, is conducting a formal review into the record involving reviewing evidence on file, seeking new evidence, reaching out to experts, and those linked to the original application. Yeah, so applications are paused while the review is ongoing <laughs> until all findings... Oh, why that makes me laugh. Are confirmed and have been communicated. No action has been taken in relation to any record holders yet. Any actions are to be determined by the outcome of the review. And um, it sounds like they have like an accounting firm uh, involved. <laughs> the results will not be revealed. Um, yeah, so spokesperson clarified regarding reports that Bobby had been stripped of his title. No, they've just put it on pause oh um thank you for the comments everybody and also thank you stan pollock cpa stan our pollock. favorite kind of cpa for the ten dollar super sticker he says it took me long enough but now i can oh. be a regular listener yay Woo! i was wondering i thought maybe it was something i said no let me tell you this stan here's the good part there's nothing really politically controversial on this show We're oh stan conservative fun, science no 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 not at all because no. i know kim can trigger the conservatives um, no, it's not a six your libby lib lib views. No, your your chat room blocking. Okay, ch all right, all right. <laughs> Let me have no. my fun. Yeah, you can have your fun and eat okay. it too. Um, let's talk about this guy. Thank you. Stan. I you know I love a good penguin, 
And so oh, wait, can you pronounce it? <laughs> I love a good penguin. Yes. Here he is. Look at all of his friends. They're black and white, <clears throat> little tuxedo penguins. Yeah. But not this one. This is a female, and she's almost all white. She's not albino. She is uh it's a genetic genetic mutation known as leucism. So she's oh, leuc okay. leucistic. Yeah. She's I thought maybe she was just standing in the wrong place. No, she's a female Gen 2 penguin. That was standing a poop joke. Oh, you know what? Sorry. Went right over my head. Mm -mm. Second cup of hot coffee. The problem with her is that she could be in danger because of her coloring. Right? Penguin, you're in danger, girl. You're in danger. Seek cover. Seek <laughs> cover. So unlike albinism, which impacts all melanin production, leucism right. only has partial effects and doesn't impact pigment cells in the eyes and other things. But okay. they say it can be dangerous for this penguin. In this case, being an animal that has a mostly white body can make it easier for a predator to hunt it. And that is why cases of leucism are very rare. Because in addition to being recessive genes that are rarely seen, these mm. are animals that are also very exposed in the case of penguins to be eaten more easily by a predator Oof. which i mean you would think look at the habitat she's in you would think right. she would blend into the snow much right. more than a black and white penguin right as long as she's not on the dark rock if she's right if not in, or in dark waters where i don't know maybe seals or you know what have you yeah. would be chasing her to eat her then maybe she stands out more so i guess it really depends these are the gentoo penguins the third largest living penguin species they're about 11 to 17 pounds um but they're like archie size yeah they're pretty big they're pretty big um <laughs> Uh, the animals are one of the least numerous Antarctic penguins. There are only about 300,000 breeding pairs. They are also known for having one of the most prominent tails of all penguin species, with the appendage known for sweeping from side to side as they walk. Yeah. Love her. Hope she survives in the world, but at least we got a, one picture of her before she goes down, right? I thought maybe she had vitiligo. No, she doesn't have that. She, her, and Michael Jackson. No, yeah, she's a she beautiful has, singing voice, though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this cat. Oh, you know I love cats. Um, yeah. Somebody, uh, I had a friend over who had never seen Archie before, and turned around and was startled, and it's like, oh my god, you have a bobcat. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like almost jumped. I'm like, no, no, he's just a big boy. He won't. He won't hurt you. Um, as long as you've, you know, brought tribute. Uh, this stowaway cat takes an 800-mile journey under the hood of a moving van. Oh, no. Uh -oh. A cat who went missing from uh, her owner's home turned out to have gone for an 800-mile trip across England and Wales in the engine compartment of a moving van. Lucky it survived. Uh, Laura Teal said her family's 8-year-old Siamese cat, Jasmine, failed to return home for dinner at her Weston Super Supermare home on the same day that our neighbors moved to Jesus challenging names La, La, La Nelly Wales something like that right right I know uh, it, it was well. yeah. it was <laughs> it's right by the it's right by the Welsh Whole Foods it was two days later that Teal received a call from the veterinarian in Dawlish I can say that one Dawlish England um, check this out this cat here there she is Aww. Jasmine turned out to have crawled into the engine of one of the moving vans parked on the street that day she disappeared and went on a trip from Weston Supermare to Lenali and back uh, to driver <laughs> Jeff Borer's home in Devon 
Um, yeah, Bohr drove the truck the following day for jobs that took him through Exeter, Huntington, Bournemouth. I know you're all the, you know where all these wow. places and Chippenham. Um, Bohr drove the truck the following day for jobs that took him through all those places. He finally discovered um, Jasmine under the hood of his vehicle after the feline had been stowing away for 800 miles. The cat was taken to the vet, scanned for a microchip. Uh, this is why you should always microchip yep. your pets, which revealed Teal's contact information because otherwise there's no way she'd probably ever find the animal again. Teal mm -hmm. said Jasmine was a bit dehydrated from her journey, but otherwise uninjured. Wow. Look at that beautiful, beautiful beast. Well, that's cool. I'm glad she made it. From yeah. going from town to town under in the, under the hood, that's so crazy. I'm going on a trip, bitches. We have some new species to welcome to the world. Oh. Now that we know about them, four new octopus species have been discovered in the deep sea vents. Say octopuses or octopi? Mm -mm, I think it's either is correct. Yeah, but which mm -hmm. one do you prefer? I like octopi. Yeah, it reminds me of pie, so I'll go with octopus. Mm -hmm. This is off the coast of Costa Rica, under thermal Ooh. vents, about a mile and a half, uh, under a mile and a half of ocean water. Well, that's so where life uh, started, right? We established that yesterday. deep, yeah. Scientists have discovered at least four new octopus species. Um, they're right around the hydrothermal vents, bursting with life in an area that's about a hundred square miles. So there's this international team of researchers that found these new creatures during two expeditions of the seamounts there last year. They found two octopus nurseries, one skate nursery, and two low-temperature hydrothermal springs discovered by these researchers using a remotely operated vehicle named Subastian. Subastian, yeah. Mm -hmm. Scientists went back to the nurseries in December. They confirmed the octopuses appear to be active year-round, and they observed several other new octopus species away from the hydrothermal springs in this area. So the four new species have not been formally described, but one has been named the Dorado octopus. It was found on a rock unofficially called El Dorado Hill. It's distantly related to the species of pearly octopus that was found in California in 2018. The Dorado, they say, is a type of muso octopus, which has evolved to gather to brood their eggs in warmer water near the vents. They were found about, again, a mile and a half below the surface. I know we're not supposed to ask questions, but Gordon has a question. Yes, in mm. back there. Uh, are those eggs? It looks like they are. Because they it look looks, like about yeah. they're like about to hatch. Are, do um, I don't I know, don't know anything about octo octopus? I don't know octopi. if they're eggs. Yeah, the there's a picture of the brooding mothers, and they look different than that. Yeah, I just googled so, octopus eggs, and they look very similar. Yeah, they're like that's what I'm thinking. Eyes that mm -hmm. look through. Yeah. So I yeah, think those, are, those are eggs. Anyway, so welcome Google to these it. four <laughs> new octop octopus species. It's always nice to have welcome somebody new to the party. Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. Um, We're still there. waiting for more information about all their names and, you know, it, their pictures and what they are. But this is what we know so far. Yeah, we don't have like a picture of the class. No, there's uh, no kindergarten picture. No. Uh, quickly, there was a question Heather was asking. Uh, by the way, I've had to miss the show all week due to work stuff. So I'm not sure if we talked about it. How's Archie doing, John? Any better? You know, it's funny you ask. Um, so my roommate is only in town sometimes. And he, he, Archie actually was cool and then attacked me two nights in a row uh Oh, um, and so we figured out it's not the lack of collar we had said that maybe the lack of taking the collar off would make mm -hmm. him happier i think it does make him happier but that's not what was stressing him out 
I honestly think that Archie has some kind of neurological condition. He does have a crossed eye. Um, you know, he just seems like something, he's always seemed like he's something's off. And I don't know his history prior to getting him in the, in the shelter, which was 10 months. I do think that his, uh, he's taken away from his parents, but I've looked at the symptoms of neurological concerns or diseases for cats and they can in include uh, marking and going outside of the, out of the, the you know, the um, litter box. Uh -huh. And he, he has all those things. And he yeah. was lovey dovey after he attacked me those two nights, he was, my roommate left and I thought, well, maybe it's my roommate. Right, maybe too much energy. It changes, you know, the the dynamic. Yeah. And he was lovey dovey, as lovey dovey as he could, could be, all the way from Saturday till last night. And then he he started uh, he started with the you know the angry yeah. the sounds. And then he he marked he tried to he marked a leather chair. Um, um, so it's got it's some kind of neurological or um, uh, trigger that makes him territorial all of a sudden, mm. which is weird. It just happens from time to time. And he's not in pain the rest of the time. He's in like, I'm, you know, loving life. And he's passed all his tests at the vet. But thank you for uh, asking, Heather. Yeah. I you know, one, I yeah. really think that you should be a dad because you give more thought to what's going on with your cat child than I do to my human children. <laughs> well, it's not like I have a lot going on. And I don't have to, I don't have to take him to like, uh, to, to, you know, to music lessons. Hmm. Um, here's something I, I know we're not a real couple, but we're married on the show, right? So we're, we're you're a work husband. It looks so, like this. and we don't have this going for us. We, the the uh, the difference in politics, right? That's good, right? No, no, we don't have that. Yeah. Um, but how news coverage triggers fights in divided couples as U.S. politics continue to heat up ahead of the 2024 presidential election, researchers from the University of Illinois at Urbana. Is it Urbana? Urbana? Urbana Champagne? Oh, Urbana, yeah. Mm -hmm. Urbana. Are offering a peek into the struggles of American couples with opposing political viewpoints. American politics have been extremely polarizing for some time now, you'll think. Republicans and Democrats, whether it be on Capitol Hill itself or on social media, appear incapable of civil interaction on a disturbingly frequent basis. Now, researchers say the biggest trigger for political fights between romantic partners is news media coverage so you're saying that i've been responsible for people's fights all this time mm, no. <laughs> the team at uh the university set out to investigate what impact this had on the estimated 30 percent of american adults in relationships with partners who do not share their political views communication professor emily van Duyn, i think she's really good i've heard things good mm -hmm. things uh held in-depth interviews with 67 people dating someone with opposing political views for these couples studies uh, the studies authors explain decisions that appear mundane on the surface like choosing which tv channel to watch can be especially difficult their cross-cutting political views presented many challenges for these couples deciding which media to consume and whether to do so together or separately was difficult because it presented them with a choice about recognizing their political differences and finding a way to navigate them they wow. say that the news, uh, they saw the news as inherently political and their selection of a news outlet or the act of sharing an article or video meant that they were intentionally pulling their partner into a recognition of their political differences. Notably, news coverage in particular uh, activated differences between partners that would have otherwise remained hidden, ultimately sparking conflict as well as discussion and debate. So wait a uh, minute, you're saying the best way is to just not talk about things <laughs> just don't talk about it if you disagree well, probably, probably don't talk about it. it i would Sweep say keep it, under it out, the rug. keep it out of the bedroom if you know what i mean um 
I don't I mean, having discussion debates good, but I mean, if you're so vehemently like entrenched, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like when you have that, when you have the feudal debate with somebody, it's like they're not changing their point of view. So what right. are we, what are we really doing? Are we furthering the political discussion? Are we mm -hmm. uh, like actually being productive? Um, political conflicts between partners materialized in various ways, such as disagreements over news sources and content, or one person failing to respond as intensely as their significant other after the la uh, latter shared a particular piece of news they considered especially disturbing or alarming. So, um, interesting. Um, I found it interesting. Hmm. Um, still, due to the their opposing views on then-President Trump, co-viewing TV news together created serious friction in this relationship that they're uh, profiling. This became especially true when Wendy decided there was too much negative coverage of Trump and wanted to avoid it. Additionally, study authors say negative stories about Trump made Wendy not only vulnerable to her boyfriend's criticism of her favorite candidate, but also of <laughs> herself personally. Meanwhile, other couples looked for a common media outlet that they could agree on to watch together, while others simply chose to watch news separately. So maybe they need some News Nation or something like that, a little mm. more uh, neutral. Wow. Yeah, people, I don't know how, I know, I know people change and grow over time and people's views are going to change, you know? Yeah. So you have yeah. to find a way to work through it, live with it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I know people like to hate on CNN, but every panel I see on CNN has like David Urban or like you have multiple, um, yeah, multiple pretty balanced Republicans yeah. um, mm -hmm. and some like reasonable Republicans. Um, you know, like the guy that was a former comms for um, George Bush. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. He's on the panel. He's on those panels all the time. Okay. Um, anyway, um, I don't know if you can't handle watching CNN. I yeah. can see like Fox because Fox is just like so on one side or MSNBC. I, I don't like MB MSNBC. I'm liberal. I don't like MS MSNBC. It's too, it's too in the tank, mm. you know, anyway. Uh, putting in Archie's tank for Archie treats. <laughs> Hang in there, John. That's Thank from you, Louise with a $5 it. super sticker. Your cat is dominating. Tuna fun. Calvin <laughs> yeah. with $10. It's, it's random with the dominating thing. So maybe I need, I hate to be more aggressive, but maybe I need to put him in his place. Um, ver, like I, I don't want to egg him on because yeah. everything I've read said, like if you're, if you just punish them, you, you they just see you as a bigger, as more of an a-hole. So, oh. <laughs> uh, but then my roommate has, he's, he's from Wisconsin and he's old school and he thinks you just have to like, you have to, you know, you have to punish your animal, but he's a dog person. I'm like, it doesn't yeah. work with cats. So. Uh, Spencer Jaffe $5. for $5 too. So thank you thank guys. You, thank you. Obviously the super stickers are open and we really appreciate that. And also you'll find our PayPal information at the bottom of the show description. So thank you for that as well. And we appreciate okay. those, um, those contributions because we have not won the lotto yet. No, but I guess if we were, we'd be doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. This Maryland man... <laughs> He's using a special lottery strategy, and he's won a $50,000 prize by using his own special strategy for using numbers. And here's what he does. He, um, his name is Fago. Fago told Maryland lottery officials that he has developed his own system for choosing the numbers that he plays in each lottery. He said, I play the ones that show up a lot, the numbers that appear often. One set of numbers, 5, 11, 18, 26, and 29, 
earned him a $50,000 prize in a bonus match drawing on January 9th. He said he's been playing lottery games since 1980, but this is his first five-figure prize, and he plans to p- pay bills wow, with since it. since 1980? I wonder how much he spent. I don't know if that's a that's good strategy. Like, that's since like almost I was born. Well, 50 grand is a pretty good prize. I guess that unless you spent 60 grand on the lottery. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) In which case, finally, right? I don't know. That's like when I win $4, but I spent 20 and I get excited. And then I realize that doesn't really make any sense. So this next story frightens me to no end. I don't even understand how this is allowed. Well, this is China. China. Chinese scientists have created a mutant. Are you ready for it? What do you think? No. A mutant coronavirus strain that attacks Ah. the brain, the brain, and has a 100% kill rate in mice. As they admit, there's a risk it spills over to humans. No. Eight rodents infected with this pathogen surprisingly, surprisingly, died within eight days. Critics of the study said the madness must be stopped before it's too late. Chinese scientists have been experimenting with a mutant coronavirus strain that is 100% lethal in mice, despite concerns that research could spark another pandemic. Scientists in Beijing, who are linked to the Chinese military, cloned a COVID-like virus found in pangolins, there's pangolins again, known as GX underscore P2V, and used it to infect mice. The mice had been, quote, humanized, meaning they were engineered to express a protein found in people, with the goal being to assess how the virus might react in humans. Every rodent that was infected with the pathogen died within eight days, which researchers described as, quote, surprisingly quick. The team were also surprised to find high levels of viral load in the mice's brains and eyes, suggesting that the virus, despite being related to COVID, multiplies and spreads throughout the body in a unique way. Writing in a scientific paper that has not yet been published, they warn the finding underscores a spillover risk of this GXP2V into humans. Oh, I just, does anybody on. have concerns? Like, is anybody wondering what the hell they're doing and why? <sighs> they, uh, there's this uh, professor who's an infectious disease expert at the University of London. He wrote on um, Twitter, it's a terrible study, scientifically totally point- pointless. I can see nothing of vague interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird no. breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Conversely, I could see how such stuff might go wrong. Um, a chemist at Rutgers... Uh, in New Jersey, uh, said he wholeheartedly agreed with the professor's assessment. He added, the preprint does not specify the biosafety level and biosafety uh, uh, precautions used for the research. The absence of this information raises the concerning possibility that part or all of the research, like the research in Wuhan in 2016-2019, that likely caused the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, recklessly was performed without the minimal biosafety containment and practices essential for research with a potential pandemic pathogen. So we're going to kill ourselves. I don't understand why we would need to do this. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, between this and AI, like in climate change, like which one's going to kill us first? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we barely got through the, the pandemic without killing each other. Yeah. Right. And now here we go with this. I don't understand what, what's the point of doing this? I don't, uh, what kind of well, research? The problem is these scientists, they're... they get so nerdy, like they get into their own, their own little thing and all they care about is like finding out the answer to something, right? And they, well, they don't zoom back, like zoom back and see like, is this beneficial to society? Someone needs to develop the vaccine for that one now because I don't trust people anymore not to let that release from the lab. 
Yeah. Jim says, hmm, what will kill us first? Bad cheese. <laughs> you know what's going to kill us? Men. Men are going to kill yeah, us. Excuse me? Uh-huh. Here's the, here's the, the, the headline. I'm just going to read the headline. With, but you know, in my heart, I'm disagreeing with it. Okay. So I, I gave this story to Kim for mm -hmm. an obvious reason. Because I didn't want to become canceled. So, Men continue. really are better with directions than women. Study finds. No, don't don't exit. Don't ding it. Give me the thing. Give me thank you. Uh, the reason may. This is where the fight you. starts. <laughs> this, this is when the divorce hat begins. Men are said to be better with directions than women. These are the people that won't stop and ask anyone, right? A new study claims to have uncovered the source of their skills. While theories have suggested the ability stems from evolution, researchers at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign determined it comes down to how different genders are raised. They're busy the team, over there with their studies. They really are. The team suggests that boys' experiences likely result in their enhanced navigational abilities versus females, to which I say, giant middle finger to you. Researchers previously thought that evolution played a major role because historically, men would travel farther from the home than women to provide for their families. But the researchers note, if that were the case, the genetic trait would have been passed down to female children. We got the chat going. I'm telling you, nature or nurture, <laughs> boys learn it. Uh-huh. All right. It's pretty obvious to me, says one of the researchers, that the human sex difference is a result of culture, not evolution. He says mm. the trend for males to display slightly better performance than females in animals, independent of sex difference in home range size, is most likely a side effect of sex hormones. Mm. These are caused by testosterone, but serve no function. They're side effects. Look, they looked at 21 species. This is another study published in the Royal Society Journal. They, they look at 21 species, including humans, to identify the source of the wayfinding abilities. The sample also features crayfish, chimpanzees, and uh, the dying poison frog, pandas, and horses. Um, looks like, yeah, okay. The teacher says her husband argues with Google Maps. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, how can you argue, argue with Google Maps? I mean, it is what it is, right? You could argue with Apple Maps. They, that's illegitimate. Please they, drive off this pier. They looked at how Get far... Get back on the freeway. They looked at how far each gender traveled from their home base, primarily through observation, radio tracking, or trapping. And then the researchers followed the species' habits for varying amounts of time, with some looked at for less than a year, others measured for more than a year to compare how the species navigated with and without a pronounced breeding season. They gathered the data from humans using virtual or real-world mazes by measuring how long it took to navigate through the new environment to a specific location or by measuring how well participants could point out point to an out of sight location pauline says mine can't even find the mustard in the fridge thank you or their own shirt in a drawer or whatever please ridiculous i'm telling you i, I you really think it depends on the person um i know i'm thinking of my sister because i think it was gordon said that it's learned boys learn it I think it depends mm -hmm. on your situation, but like I was in Boy Scouts. I've always had a good sense of direction, but then I, in Boy Scouts, you're, you know, one of the options is an orienteering merit badge, right? Mm -hmm. Using a compass and whatnot. But here's the thing. My sister was never interested. 
I was interested in maps. I was interested in, you know, direction. Mm-hmm. She was never interested. So I think it comes down to the person. Yeah, right? I think you, that's true. Yeah. Like, it would be like if you were like, oh, I don't care about sports, blah, blah. And they're like, why do the boys who are so good at sports or understand sports? It's like, well, if you're not interested, you've shut it out your whole life, right? So you're not building, yeah. you're not building upon knowledge that you have from earlier, right? You've just said, no, I'm not into that. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do know a lot. I mean, not to generalize, but I do know a lot of girls who are just like, I, I'm really not good at direction. Therefore, I'm not going to try. Right. I'm going to rely on somebody else. A lot of girls say that, or women say that to me. They're like, I, I'm not good with directions. Wow. I think I'm pretty good with directions. I think the guys that are bad with directions just won't admit it. Yeah. I just and don't the think people it comes... don't ask for directions. I will ask for directions, but you don't I, have to anymore because we have. I agree with you that it's about what you're interested in, but I don't think that's gender based. No, I just think, mm. well, I just know that a lot of women in my life just aren't interested in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you'd be like, uh, could you get there? And they're like, well, now we have Google Maps or whatever, but they just weren't interested in mapping it out in their minds. So I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe it's not gender. Maybe it's just what's uh, nature versus nurture, what is expected of girls and women. I don't know. Well, here's what the research showed. Females in only two species involved in the study had a larger home range, whereas the rusty crayfish was the only species to show no sex difference in spatial ability and that uh, the poison frog showed a slight male advantage. So sex differences in behavior or performance can arise from our biological or cultural processes that have little to do with evolution, according yeah. to the study. But if it were like, like a hunter gatherer thing based on mm-hmm. science, like I wouldn't see that as being unreasonable. And I don't think that's like a dig on women or anything. Women are much better than men on, with a lot of things, including tolerating pain. Yeah, that's so true. Many things that women are better at. The two more things to note, the future research, they say, should focus on what you're saying, how socialization and culture influence navigational roles, rather than looking at it specifically from the focal point of evolution. Um, They say more research needs to be conducted to focus on how brain function is molded to make men superior in the navigating realm, which I still disagree with. The fact that the trait in humans comes down to how you're raised answers the question of how women can overcome this gap. It's just a matter of experience. So, right. Um, and whether or not you care, whether or not a lot comes down to like, you know, the people who won't ask for directions, or I'm Mm -hmm. sure those are the same people that won't admit that they're wrong. Yeah, right. that's probably true. Yeah. And I like to admit that I'm, I, I admit to you, right? I admit to you when I'm wrong. You're not wrong very often. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say that for that response, but see, that's why we're like a good team. That's why we work well together. <laughs> How about we take a break before we um we come before back? Before ego gets too big. Let's talk about ghost towns and maybe erectile dysfunction medications. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not all they're cracked up to be up. Get it? Uh, yeah. It's the after party live. That's a hard one. <laughs> uh, let's go with Archie today. Good. The after party live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go thirty minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. 
you could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Huge, huge thank you to our ongoing contributor, Geraldine J and Martha D. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, very generous contributions, yep. and it's what keeps us going. And then today we have Deborah with 10. Deborah. Stan with 10. Stan, what up? Louise, Louise. Uh, with 5. Calvin with 10. And Thank Spencer you, Calvin. with 5. Uh, Thank we you, are, as we say, as we are crowdfunded. We're a very mm -hmm. small operation, small budget. We you know, we don't have those big, big name uh, 20,000 <laughs> subscriber stars on our show. But we have Kim, and she's a star in my eyes. No. Well, you're a star in my eyes, too. So this it works out well for us, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go. Uh, do we want to do this... Um, the next story on the list, the uh, the the ghost town story first. Yeah, let's do the ghost town story. I want to find out about this. Um, I guess maybe Petaluma is gonna go the way of the dodo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I think Petaluma is too special. Okay. Um, more than half of the U.S.'s twenty-five thousand cities are predicted to become ghost towns by twenty-one hundred. So, will your area be affected? Uh, researchers at the uh, University of Illinois Chicago found that in a modest scenario, around half of cities could lose up to a quarter of their resident populations by the end of the century. If fertility rates continue to decline and the exodus from cities gets worse, as many as two-thirds of U.S. cities could see their populations shrink significantly. The team warned the implications of this massive decline in population will bring unprecedented challenges, possibly leading to disruptions in basic services like transit, clean water, electricity, and internet access as cities shrink and populations age. Uh, high taxes and cost of living associated with bustling uh, metropolis, metropolises metropolis, <laughs> have been pushing away uh, people from cities for decades. Trends uh, which data suggests uh, are ex uh, were exacerbated by COVID when companies allowed employees to work from home, right? The exodus will be, more, uh, uh, will be felt more in the Northeast and the Midwest than in the South and the West, with Hawaii and uh, the District of Columbia experiencing no loss of people at all, the study's authors predicted. Population has been on the rise since the 1600s before the U.S. even existed, but U.S. census data suggests that the country as a whole will experience population decline by 2080, which aligns with the findings of the new study. For this latest study, the researchers used ex existing trends from the past 20 years to predict what the next 80 will be like. They looked at the uh, changes in city populations from 2000 to 2010, 2010 to 2020, and 2000 to 2010, they already said that, uh, while taking into account each city's average annual population change from uh, 2000 to uh, 2020. They categorize, categorize uh, cities with a yearly drop of 5% or higher as severely depopulating, from 1% as moderately depopulating, and from 0 to 1% as slowly depopulating. Uh, Midwestern cities such as Detroit, Michigan, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and St. Louis, St. Louis, uh, Missouri, fell into the moderate to slow depopulation category and did uh, as did southern cities including columbus georgia birmingham alabama and memphis tennessee hmm. um, for future predictions the researchers didn't name specific cities but estimated the percentage of cities for each state and region uh, one of the models showed that half of the 24,295 cities are expected to see a population drop of about 12 to 23 percent by the end of the century um yeah wow. that's interesting right well, before it is interesting and kind of sad, before we get to our Trivia Thursday. Oh, yeah. Trivia Thursday. I did want to tell you about this erectile dysfunction. And they say taking both erectile dysfunction and chest pain drugs have been linked with an early risk of death. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's not worth, you know, 
the extracurricular activities. I'm just uh-huh. saying. They doctors are saying that this is a common treatment for erectile dysfunction in men with cardiovascular disease. The ED drug phosphodiatotrinase 5 inhibitors, known as PDE5I, is a common treatment. Boner pills. When they, that's right. And when they looked at more than 60,000 men taking this medication along with nitrates for heart problems, mm. which is a common drug for chest pain, there was an increased risk of negative health outcomes like heart failure and early death. I'd call that negative. This story yeah. was published in the Journal of the American mm. College of cardiology. The goal in the study is to underscore the need for careful patient-centered consideration before prescribing the PDE5I meds to men receiving nitrate treatment. Yeah, I think that seems like maybe that would be contraindicated. I don't know. Thank you, Dr. Um, Kim. You're welcome. I don't know. I'm saying I don't think the risk of early death is worth it. But what happens is... Um, Mindy says, I don't think your girlfriend wants you expiring on top of her. No, she really doesn't. In both the people, the use of these drugs and people with both ED and cardiovascular disease has been pretty controversial since the drug and nitrates both induce hypotension or low blood pressure. Or maybe she does. Depends on whether there's a prenup and maybe you're a jerk. Yeah, maybe she's just waiting for that. I don't know. (laughs) It works on endothelial cells in different ways, which line blood vessels and regulate exchanges between the blood surrounding tissues. Previous studies on the benefits or harms of simultaneous use have been mixed. But despite the existing research and clinical guidelines discouraging the simultaneous use of these meds, doctors are seeing an increase of requests for erectile dysfunction drugs from men with cardiovascular disease. BA Be aware says LMAO. Wow, that gives a new meaning to stiff as a corpse. Yeah, it does. It? You don't have to worry about taking the meds, I guess. Ba-dum-bum. Ew. All right. How about some trivia? What do you think? But before we do... Yes. Luis got me again. <gasps> oh, Luis. Oh. $5. Thank you, Luis. And Karen so nice. Cooper. Karen. Archie must donate. This is coercion. No one, no one will resist. I'm telling you. Archie no needs to be the show no master. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get some love today. Uh, it's funny. He started getting, you know, um, upset randomly. Right. He was lovey, lovey, lovey. And then I actually gave him more food. I've been giving a little bit more. I gave him a little more. And it was after he was well fed. So he had eaten very well. Then he does this frustrated thing. He like looks up at me. He starts nipping at the chair. Like I could tell he's kind of frustrated. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? He started like doing the hissy thing. And I was like, we're not doing this. And I just went to bed early. And I woke up in the morning and he's fine. He just needs, he needed his uh, alone time. He needed a break. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, come on, dude. Dad, go away. Um, It's time for trivia. What's the category today? The category today is toys. So... How well do you know your toy history? Let's get it on. Do you want to start this off? Yeah. The first question. The Slinky. You know, the Slinky Slinky is the official toy of which state? State? It doesn't really make sense unless it was unless it was created in a a specific state. I'm just going to say Illinois. No idea. Mm. Anybody in the chat? John's the Slinky wrong. is the official toy of which state? 
Mm, not seeing it. Nope, not Maryland, not Ohio, not California. I'll tell you, it is Pennsylvania. Interesting. Do they say why? Is no reason given. No reason given. Don't ask questions. Mm, <laughs> it's going to lead to another fight. <laughs> In 1968, Elliot Handler came up with what brand of toy cars as competition to Matchbox? They are a two-word brand. I'm not going to say the rest of the clue or the uh, hints because it's a little, it'll make it too easy. So, um, and these were more fantastical as opposed to realistic toy cars. Hmm. Oh, we've got it's our supposed answer. To be the oh, is it already? Yeah. Wow. Well, uh Paul Pauline, it looks like it's the first matchbox Pauline. and hot wheels. All right. Well, wow, everyone got that. Um, I, I they said it was a two-brand word that starts with the letter H. I'm like, well, that's yeah. too easy. What kind of animal is the video game character Donkey Kong? What kind of animal? Mm -hmm. A lion, an elephant, a zebra, or a gorilla. I'm glad that was multiple choice. I thought it was gonna be more uh specific. It's a gorilla. It is a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. It came across as like a trick. Like it was going to be a trick question. Okay, I thought uh, it was going to be harder than that. Wow. Okay. Really? Donkey yeah. Kong? Well, you gave like multiple choice. I would have gotten it without the multiple choice, but I thought it was okay. like a trick. Like, no. Whenever it seems like it's too easy, I'm like, there's some kind of Kim McAllister trick behind this. <laughs> um, first sold in 1967 and still available today. What two-word toy has kids adorn a light panel with small colored pegs to produce different pictures and patterns. We're looking for both words here. Light bright. How do you I spell had a it? light bright when I was little. Yeah, absolutely. How do you spell it? Uh, L-I-T-E-B-R-I-T-E. -E. With a hyphen. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. Light bright. Maybe these are too easy. In what year were the Furby toys first released? 2000. Uh, oh, okay. 2004. 2002. Or 1998. 1998. Mm, nope. Wow. I thought it was a 90s. I thought it was a 90s thing. Mm -mm. Anybody? Got, uh, Luis is guessing 2002. Williams is 2000. Is it one of those? No. Um, what was the other one? 2004? 2004, yeah. Uh, nobody guessed it. Yeah. tough. That was tough. Hmm. Uh, the answer is 2000. Oh, I thought you said 2004. No, 2000. Oh, it's 2000. Okay, then somebody yeah. did get it. Um, sorry, confusing this. Uh, Lisa got it. Uh, William got it. William, uh, Williams, our winner. Congratulations, nice. William. Yeah. Um, what ha classic Hasbro game whose name comes from, from Swahili to build was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2020. Uh, Lego? Mm. Oh. What classic Hasbro game whose name comes from the Swahili or uh, Hasbro. Build, was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2020? Mama's got it. Jenga. Oh, Jenga. Okay. We've been playing a lot Jenga. of Jenga at my house lately. So cool. So, so remember, Which... it's Swahili. You could teach your kids. Swahili. Which animal is a piece in the original Monopoly set. Should I go with the first thing that pops in my mind? I don't know. Depends on if it's right or not. Oh, thank you. 
Um, <laughs> I think Sandy. I think it's dog. It is a dog. Uh, that is see, it's first absolutely. Person first yep. person who answered it was Pauline. Wow, Pauline's on Ooh. fire. Yeah, she is. Look at that little kitty cat face. Cute. <laughs> Pauline has cute cats. Less violent um, and uh, confrontational than Archie. Um, let's see here. Parker Brothers struck a deal with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's estate to name drop Sherlock Holmes in early ads for what board game? Say it again. Parker Brothers struck a deal with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's mm -hmm. estate to name drop Sherlock Holmes in ads for what board game? Clue. Yes. You and who got it? Pa Pauline. Again. Oh, wow. Nice. Wow. Pauline is on fire. Name the handheld digital pet created in Japan. Tamagotchi. I didn't even get it out of my mouth. Awesome. Okay. Look at oh, you. It could be a drop. Can you say that? <laughs> That was way too easy. Oh, man. Did you okay. want to finish the question? No, it's done. Could you let her finish? <laughs> um, <laughs> Madam's Organ, a bar in D.C.'s Adams Morgan neighborhood, sits at the site of the original Children's Bargain Town store, opened in 1948, and which would eventually become what retail juggernaut? Mm. Madam's Organ, a bar in D.C.'s Adams Morgan neighborhood, sits at the site of the original Children's Bargain Town store, opened in 1948, which would eventually become what retail juggernaut? And we have a winner. No. Randy. Toys R Us. Okay. Toys R Us. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. More games, more US toys. Oh, boy. Sadly, close <laughs> in 2021. But I think the, the name... Uh, the intellectual property was purchased by somebody and they have the website, right? They're redoing it. Yeah. Yeah. Which company made the play figures called Little People? Little People. Mm hmm. Was it Lego? Was it Fisher Price? Was it Mattel? Or was it Hornby? Little People. Very popular toy. Really? Mm hmm. Currently? Never heard yep. Of it. Fisher Price? It was Fisher Price. Mm hmm. Thanks. Deduced it. Um, which toy consists of a tube containing mirrors and pieces of colored material whose reflections produce changing patterns when the tube is rotated? Kaleidoscope. The Rock'em Stock'em Robots game is based on which sport? Judo, boxing. Boxing. karate, boxing, let her finish, or rugby? Boxing. Fine. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I think these might be too easy. Yeah. Um, what six colors are in the classic Rubik's Cube? Can you visualize it? White, yellow, red, green, blue. One more. Orange. Wow. Good job. I don't think I would be able to do that. I have Rubik. There's Rubik's Cubes all over the place. Oh, uh, in front of you? No, but they're, oh. they live here. I don't know. How many different... <laughs> they, live <here. laughs> they live here. How they many <laughs> How many different colored wedges are there in the game of Trivial Pursuit? Four, oh. six, ten, or eight? I've never played Trivial Pursuit. <gasps> oh, it's so fun. I love Trivial Pursuit. How many wedges? What does that mean? It's like little pieces of pie that fit in. The, you're trying to collect these little pieces of pie that fit into this wheel. Huh. SJ Lola says six. Mm-hmm. That's Deidre right. Says six. Uh, Dieter yeah. got it. Six. Oh, yes, that's right. It is six. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. What water gun with manually pressurized air sold by Hasbro? I'm realizing like every toy is like four different companies. What water gun with manually pressurized air sold by Hasbro was invented by Lonnie Johnson in 1989? Mm. It was huge when I was a kid. Huge when I was in junior high. Nerf gun? John Slade has it. Super soaker. Super mm. soaker. You remember super soakers? Yeah, I yeah. do. That was a huge, that was huge. I don't think there was a bigger toy when that came out. Um, this is really easy. Are we coming to the end? My friend? No, I think we're still going. What was the name of Barbie's little sister introduced in 1964? Kendall? No. Uh, no, Kendall, Ken. I'm getting confused. Um, something dull. Uh, no? Am I totally off? Yeah, you're off. Way off. I'm way off. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm sure somebody already has it in the chat. I think I had Ken on the brain. Skipper. Yeah, it's Skipper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could visualize her, but I had Ken on the brain. Yeah, I don't know who had movie. it first. Skipper, Skipper. Uh, Sandy. We all had Skipper. Yeah, Sandy. Well Sandy, done. Yeah. Well done, everyone. Totally Skipper. I thought that was going to be too easy for you. Look, I I'm guess Ken, I said Kendall, and I'm like, no, that would have been weird. Strategy is just to ask you the 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 historically girl toy questions. That's what the yeah, that's sexist. what I'm going to do from now on. Uh, what is the name of the 1998 toy released by Tiger Electronics that resembles either a hamster or an owl and spoke on its own language that was gradually replaced by English? Was it the Furby? Yeah, we already asked them about the Furby. I realized that as I was reading uh, the question, but you got it. Um, next. Um, what was Play-Doh originally sold as? Wallpaper cleaner? Food or glue? Wallpaper cleaner. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Deduction. Um, in 1972, a chemist, since we're talking about these kind of things, a chemist and an inventor patented a foamable resinous composition they hoped would be an instant cast for broken bones. It did not work, so they decided to market it as a toy instead. What name did they give it? It was supposed to be a cast for broken bones? Yeah, in 1972, a chemist and an inventor patented a foamable resinous composition they hoped would be an instant cast for broken bones. Mm. Mama's got it. Silly string, really? Silly string, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, how many squares are empty? At the start of a game of checkers. Oh, I have no idea how many. I don't know either because the answer isn't coming up for me. <laughs> That's a problem. Wait, you don't have them. You don't have them written down, like ready to go. No, it's not. Well, it's on a website. Yeah, you can't rely on that. See, this is the difference between a producer and talent. <laughs> producer has the video edited and like stored locally. I have the answers like on my phone on my notes. Come on. Uh, let me switch to this one instead. Because it's a girl. But we question. need the answer now because people are guessing. I don't know the I can't tell you the well, answer. Go Google it. How many empty squares? What did you say? Uh, are are on the checkers board. Checkers at, board. at the beginning of the checkers game. Beginning. How many squares are empty at the start of a game of checkers? Um so that means there are 20 squares that are not covered. There are 32 squares and 12 pieces for each player. 20 squares. So that wasn't an, even an option. It said 60, 50, 30, or 40. Empty squares. 50? You said empty, right? Yeah, empty. How many squares are empty at the start of the checkers game? 
Well, you know what? The board consists of 64 squares. Well, maybe they mean for each half would be 32. Uh, I think I think your homework assignment will be to research that question, and then we can present it to class tomorrow. <laughs> hey, so I'm going with this one instead. What was okay. the name of Barbie's best friend introduced in 1963? Kendall. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it. No, it wasn't Kendall. Best friend. Best friend. Skipper was the sister. Right. Who was the bestie? What year? 1963. I'm just stalling. Um, oh, we yep. have guesses that I would yeah. not have guessed. Midge? Mama Day Three Boys. It's Midge. That's mm -hmm. such a, like, a secondary it. character name. Midge. Midge is supposed to like blend into yep. the background. Yeah. This is a better okay, question anyway, honestly. Which pocket size <laughs> plastic playset of the 90s featured a girl with a P name? Pocket sized plastic playset of the 90s featured a Polly. girl with a P name. Polly Pocket. Po Polly Pocket. Right? Hot, hot Pocket. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I can't even. How much is Vermont Avenue worth in Monopoly? Dieter got the answer. Um, Vermont worth uh, 500. Do you not know the answer? No, my website's messing up. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tell you. Okay. You're, and so do you want me to get, I'll tell you right now? Please make it end. Uh, Vermont <laughs> Avenue is i said 500 i have a feeling it might be too high i think it's too high you have to pay 12 dollars from vermont avenue the rent on it is six bucks the question was how much is it worth though mm -hmm. so it was 12 yeah 12 wow i haven't played monopoly forever selling 12. more than 5 million units in its first year what company's model a scooter was named the toy of the year by the toy industry association in the year 2000 Think back. Scooter. Was it, it was a rock? Was it called the rocket rocket? No. Five oh million units in the first year. Uh, is that Colleen the one on fire? A razor scooter. Razor scooter. Mm. I'm afraid to do any more of this off this website. Um, we the, I'll do an easy one that I know the answer to. What kind of animal mm. is hungry in the popular children's toy toy? A hippo, hungry, hungry hippo. Hungry, hungry hippo. That's right. Okay, my last question, which is ready to go. What American multinational toy company and rival to Mattel of Barbie fame is behind the cult classics My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, and Monopoly? What Say it company, again. What company is behind My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, and Monopoly? Hasbro. You, got, you and Walter got it. Awesome. And that... It's Thursday trivia. Woo! And we've learned our lesson to write the answers down, right? Oh my gosh. Yes, we have. Always yeah, learned okay. our lesson. All right. Yeah. Um, is it over or do we have more? I mean, technically it's over, but if you want to do one more story, hmm. you want to do your coins? Mm, rare coins have been uncovered. Rare. I love some rare coins. Rare. 
and part of an ancient aqueduct built by a Roman emperor have been unearthed in Greece. Greek archaeologists recently uncovered a trove of ancient artifacts while exploring the lost city of Tinea, which legends suggest was built some 3,000 years ago by Trojan prisoners of war. More than two dozen silver coins and remnants of an important primeval aqueduct were among the discoveries shedding light on the settlements and the infrastructure there during some of the earlier parts of the common area era. Um, very fascinating. The section of aqueduct thought to have been built by Roman Emperor Hadrian to supply water to Corinth from ancient Tinea was among the project's most notable archaeological finds, that according to the Greek Ministry of Culture. Hadrian ruled over the Roman Empire during the first century AD, and remnants of another structure that he ordered to be built during his reign, now known as Hadrian's, Hadrian's Auditorium, were uncovered in Rome in 2009 while they were trying to build a new subway line. Finding oh, this cool. aqueduct, though, Hadrian's aqueduct, was significant yeah. for several reasons. The first, it was one of the largest hydraulic systems to exist in ancient Greece. Oh, wow. Unearthing a portion of it meant researchers could finally precisely plot the route of the aqueduct, according to the culture, the ministry, uh, culture of ministry, the culture ministry. You know what? Well, that's you know pretty obvious that you could route, you could route it since it's there. Since that's right. there, mm-hmm. there you <laughs> uh, go. And here's the uh, here's coins. The Look at that. Yeah, they found. Uh, by the way, that Hadrian's aqueduct, the part they found, a hundred feet long, walls over ten feet high, built from mortar and stone, and encapsulated by a round roof. It was situated along a river, and it carried water in an interior chamber that measured about four feet high and two feet wide. So. It was all good until the ancient city of Los Angeles took all the water. The culture, they always do. The culture ministry said some of the coins that were found are among the rarest and most historic coins of ancient Greece. Three of them were silver staters that were minted at Olympia during the Olympic Games, one depicting Hercules suffocating two snakes with his hands. The treasure reinforces historians' understanding the ancient city as a religious site since the Olympic Games themselves were once a religious event. I did not know that. So the, this Weird, whole wild stuff, this whole excavation, just to cap it off, also um, unearthed other pieces of ancient history, like a Roman era building, the complexes with individual rooms, gate grave sites from ancient periods through to Roman times. So they hit the jackpot with this one. Right. Look uh, at how so some of those coins are uneven. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't it interesting? Well, what they the probably way... were, you know, they had other things to deal with than we carry for money. Perfectly circular. Some of them look like buttons. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. The after party that's is the over. Party. I but guess we have so many people to thank. Yeah, we do have a lot of people to thank. We appreciate uh, everyone who has helped us with the show today, including Spencer, who kicked in five dollars. Uh, also, Karen Cooper, Archie must donate. This coercion will no resist. Thank you, Karen, for that. Uh, Luis for the five dollars, and Calvin for the five dollars. Luis again for five dollars, and Stan uh, for ten dollars, and Deborah starting us off with ten dollars as well. So appreciated. And also our ongoing contributors. Couldn't do it without you. 
Geraldine J and Martha D. You guys are awesome. Have a great afternoon, and we'll see you on um, Friday Fabulous Florida on the Mark Thompson Show, and here again at 105 Pacific. Bye. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Bye-bye.